moments where like, just keep going. So Tara looked at my notes yesterday and she said, honey, we got a long sermon. So she packed me a lunch. So I hope that doesn't worry anybody. If you're a first time guest, you know, I don't usually preach long, but we'll see what happens. Who knows? But thank you for joining online or if you're here for the first time and you want to be a part of Calvary Church, we sure would love to get to know you. We have connect cards in the seat pockets in front of you online. You can click the connect button and we would love to get to know each and every one of you. And giving is always an important part of our of who we are. Giving is who we are. It's not what we do, it's, but it's who we are. We're givers because God has given to us and we always encourage people to be participators in giving. You can click online or use a giving envelope to do that. Speaking of giving, boy, I sure do love you guys, dads. I love the people here that have a giving spirit. You give so much <clears throat> that you pay just to serve here. Did you know that? I had one of our newest ushers, like, hey, I want to be an usher. And you're like, I'm going to pay to be an usher. And, uh, and I'll, I'm, I'm teasing, but I'm telling you kind of the truth as well. The, this usher paid to be an usher and bought us shirts. <laughs> I think that's awesome. You know, people who come say, you know, I'll give my time and I'll give more on top of that. And so that's what I'm wearing. I'm wearing one too. So I'm, I'm, an, I'm a deputized usher. So as we learned last week, if you're a distraction, now I've got authority to deal with you. But I, I sure do love our usher crew, our security crew. Appreciate all that they do for us. We have a lot that we want to accomplish today, so I'm going to get right into uh, God's Word. In Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 4, Luke chapter 8, verse 4 says this, While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on the rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on the good soil, and it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. So, so another, another instance where I picked up on a nonverbal lesson. A nonverbal lesson that I was learning from the teacher. And obviously there's a lot of words. Last week I didn't share many words with Christ, but I thought he was teaching us something important. Today, there's, I'm giving you a lot of his words, but there's something nonverbal that's happening here that I wanted to open up with. That first verse says, a large crowd was gathered. At the point of Jesus' ministry here, he had large crowds. People were following him. He was healing people. Miracles were happening. He was, his words alone, when he spoke, as I was sharing with you last week, people were listening to his words because they were powerful. They said, he speaks like somebody that we've never heard before. He, he talks a little bit different. There is power behind his words. And so he had a large crowds coming around him. And what's interesting in this parable, because when you read this parable, I don't know if you picked up on this parable, but this parable is actually 
see a, a challenge and somewhat of a rebuke. Because as Jesus is seeing this large crowd, unlike me, you know, if I see as pastors, when we see a large crowd, we think, man, that's not good. We don't want to sit there. There's a, a large crowd out there. And I can guarantee you that's why for many pastors through the COVID process was so difficult. And I remember preaching here through an empty uh, auditorium here, and nobody's in the seats, and you're preaching. And you're really learning that it's, it's not about the numbers. And that's what Jesus was presenting. He saw the crowd, but he wasn't just interested in numbers. He wasn't interested in, in telling the religious leaders, hey, guys, look at my disciples. Look who's following me. Look at you. You've got a few guys around you, but look at my crowds. Jesus wasn't just in it for the numbers. Jesus wanted the hearts of people. And so while some people, or maybe I pray, I never fall into the trap of seeing the crowds and thinking, oh, I'm doing a good job. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. I want to be like Christ because when Christ saw the large crowds, he saw a problem. He saw an issue in their hearts. And Jesus wanted to deal with that problem. He didn't want to just keep doing the miracles. He didn't want to just keep wowing them. He wanted to sit them down and say, I've got to deal with an issue in your life. And I'm going to share this parable with you because this parable opens up your heart. And I hope that you see that there's something in there that's not good. This morning, we need people like this in our life. We need people who are, are, are going to speak truth to us. And that's something I want to continue to develop in this church. I want to continue to develop in my life. I want to develop in your life. I want to develop true friendship. Because as Americans, we think that a true friend is somebody who just makes me laugh. Well, that's not true. That's not a friend. I think friends are just people who take me out to eat. That's, that's true. I think a friend is doing something that I like to do, and we do it together. That's not true. But do you know a true friend? And to me, this is the ultimate sign of a true friend. It's when they can look you in the eye and love on you. You know what I mean? I think we need to preach to people. I think we need to talk to people. I think we need to look to people. I can see that maybe you're kind of getting up, and I want to I want to encourage you to keep going. I want to challenge you. Don't give up. Hey, uh, bro, I've been reading in the Bible this week, and I think maybe me and you, we should be doing this instead of that. Hey, I was reading the Word of God, and I see what's going out in our society. How about we go serve our community together this weekend? We need friends in our life that challenge us, that motivate us to follow God's Word, that motivate us to put God's Word into action. That is true friendship. Jesus was not being mean here. He was being a true friend because he was challenging the people. He understood that where they were at was good, but it wasn't great. About you, but in my life, I never want good to rob the greatness that God has for me. And I don't want the good that you have to rob the greatness that God has for you. And I think in our society, and it's very clear, it's very clear in our country that we, I'm including myself, I think we've kind of been satisfied with the good. Like, we're doing a good But good is not good enough. We need to be great for Jesus because he did great things. And he said, you will do even greater things. 
And so we need those people in our lives that are going to push us and, and motivate us and challenge us. And of course, you always know that my encouragement is that you do it in love. I never want to have a spirit of judgment in this church. Never mistake that. And if somebody's being judgmental and if somebody's pointing fingers, then I want to know about it because they're missing the point. I'm not interested in pointing fingers. I'm not interested in judging people. But I am totally excited about being challenged by you. I'm excited about being confronted by you and saying, hey, this is what's going on in our community, and this is what I'm thinking about doing, and I'm going to change it. So I want to be challenged. I want to be challenged by you. And I hope I can challenge you. And so Jesus sees this large crowd and he knows exactly what's going on here. He knows I know what's going on. And they're just following me because I'm being patient. Because I'm feeding the thousands. Because I'm potentially their ticket to, to get them out of the rule of the Romans. And I'm their ticket out of the Roman rule. I know what they're doing. They're just following the end results of the ministry. And I need to sit them down and I need to tell them a story. Because there's something in their heart that they're not ready for. There's something that there, that's there that is going to hinder them. And so he goes on to explain the parable. And let me, let me share the explanation with you. It's in God's Word. We're going now to verse 11. Jesus says this. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the Word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the Word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. The seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Jesus, in this parable, he spends more time explaining the tragedy of Christianity. And what I was sharing with you. Because Jesus understands that you can't just be good in the sense, and I hope you're hearing my heart, because our goodness comes from God. But we can't just live life, and we can't serve God being a uh, in mediocrity. We can't be lukewarm. We can't just, you know, one foot with Jesus and the other foot, well, just still doing what I want to do. It's got to be all or nothing with Christ. He, and that's what he was recognizing. Jesus saw what was happening in this crowd. The crowds were following. Everybody was flocking to him. And Jesus begins to teach some hard lessons. And he knows some of them are going to leave. And we see that in John chapter 6. He gives them some hard, hard, hard teaching. And they're, they're like, we're out of here. And Jesus wasn't worried about the numbers. And I can tell you, I want to grow as a church. I want to reach more people. But I may never mistake this and keep me accountable. It's never going to be about the numbers, but it will always be about making disciples. Because once you have that foundation, once you have that strength, once you have that in this church, then God can take care of the results. And He has the glory. And so Jesus is showing them. He's, he's, he's getting after them. He's challenging them. He's telling 
around us, we don't seem to realize that what you're receiving from me is truth. That this world that you live in is going to fight against what you're receiving. That life is going to come after what I'm giving to you. And that he knew that there, the day would come where he would be on the cross. And then what? What would they think then seeing Jesus on the cross? And the question has to be asked, were they following Jesus because they needed another meal? Or were they following Jesus because he was the only begotten son of God? Were they following Jesus to see the next miracle? Oh, man, what's Jesus going to do today? We've got to be there. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm missing work today. I've got to see what Jesus is doing. Or were they following Jesus because he was loved by and I'm changed, and I want to hear more. I want to see more in my life. I want to, I want to change more. And if that bears thinking about today in your life, why are you coming to church? Why are you here today? Is it because it's a routine? Is it because this is what we do on Sundays? Is it because, you know, I had nothing else to do, and so I might as well do this good thing and show up to church? Why are you here today? Why do you have a Bible in your home today? Is it because Jesus is answering your prayers? So I'm going to go to church today because he's answering my prayers. What happens when those prayers aren't answered the way you want them answered? Then what happens? What's your life built on? Is it built on the truth of God's word? Or is it built on, you know, life and circumstances? Because Jesus is telling you, circumstances one day are going to come after you and they're going to steal that seed from you. It's going to rob you of it. And Jesus was, he was teaching them and he was showing them that there's, there's something that needs to happen in your life. And this, this idea of a seed is, is very, very important. Uh, I'm getting hungry. Time for the next slide. You know, Jesus was showing them something. Jesus was teaching them about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. He was not trying to explain the kingdom of men. He was explaining the kingdom of God, and he understood this from the very beginning, that man, we were confused about what real power was. What's real power? Because we, we see a mighty army with shields and swords, and we look at that and think, man, that's powerful. What's real power? We, we see the temples, you know, filled with gold and silver. That's powerful. But Jesus came, and he came as what? A baby. And where was he born? In a manger. Why? Why did he come as a baby? Why was he born in a manger? Because he was making a point. He was beginning to transform our way of thinking. Because our way of thinking was not working. That's what got us into trouble. That's what brought the children of Israel into bondage, was our way of thinking. And so Jesus came, and he wanted to show them that your way of thinking stinks. You are stinking thinking. And I need to begin to change that. And so I'm going to share this parable about a seed. A seed. You know, I don't know if you know. You know that the seed is so important. To, this, this idea of a seed is so important. And there's so many points that Jesus was giving with the seed. Because Jesus understood when you get hungry, what do you want? You want an apple, right? 
I'm hungry. Give me something to eat, Jesus. Here's the apple. But what did Jesus do? In this parable, he said, you're hungry? Here you go. Look at your food. That was not the first response. Ooh, Jesus, this makes no sense. Don't you know that David came and he conquered the Philistines? Don't you know he destroyed Goliath? You're greater than David. Come on, take these Romans out. Look at his food. Oh, God, don't you know Solomon? He had the greatest temple of all. He, he filled it with gold. Silver wasn't even counted anymore. Jesus, you're greater than Solomon. Show us what you got, he said. Here you go. Look at this food. Jesus, Moses. Oh, Moses, he was the man. I mean, he took on Pharaoh just with a staff. He looked at them and said, I've got this. I'm going to give you ten plagues, and then I'm going to cross the Red Sea. Jesus, you're greater than Moses. Show us what you got. look at the seed, you're thinking, I don't want the seed, I want the apple. <laughs> but Jesus is saying, no, you don't get the apple until you deal with the seed. Until you can care for the seed. Until you can manage the seed. Until you can find the seed valuable. Then you get the apple. Now, I just don't want the seed, do you? I know I don't. Because when I cut up that apple, I throw those seeds They had to change their way of thinking that it wasn't about the gold and it wasn't about the money and it wasn't about the armies. It wasn't about having an earthly king, kingly profile, but it was about having being the king of kings and the Lord of lords. It was about having a heavenly citizenship. And by having that, you have all that you need. Because let me share with you, he was telling them that the seed, Jesus, is all you need. The seed, Jesus, is all you need. The Word, who, what did the Bible say that Jesus was the Word? Jesus says the seed was the Word. And Jesus wanted to communicate to them that all you need is me. All you need is the seed. And sometimes we look at the seed and we find that it's very insignificant. It's like, well, Lord, I, I don't get it. That's, that's, that's a waste of my time. And sometimes we look at the Bible, at, at the Word of God, because this is the seed as well. This is Jesus and we look at the Word of God and we say, that's, that's insignificant. I, Lord, don't you know I've got some important things today? Don't you know I've got a business plan to finish? Don't you know I've got a resume to finish, Lord? Don't you know I've got a garden to fix? Don't you know I'll get to the Word? Don't you worry, I'll get there. But we look at the Word of God sometimes as seeds, like it's insignificant. Like if I get to the Bible or not, no big deal if I get to it today. If I don't, oops. And sometimes we look at the Word of God like a seed, and Jesus was teaching them something that you've got to be able to appreciate the seed. Lord, I'm sick today. I need healing. There you go. That's your seed. God, I need a raise at my job to pay the bills. Okay. God, don't you know what I'm going through and all that's going wrong in my life? I need you to fix it. Jesus says, here you go. Great, Lord. I show, I was, I've been following you. Lord, for you to snap your fingers and you to fix everything. He said, no, give me the seed. Give me the word. And this is the seed that God has given to us. And I want to tell you today, there is nothing more significant in your day today than you reading the Bible and praying to God. There is nothing you can do that will be greater than that. There is nothing that you can do that will be more important than that. There is nothing you can do that will be more powerful than reading the Bible and praying to God. Here's the 
is the seed. And when this seed is planted into our hearts and God begins to pour out your, his spirit into your life, what does the Bible say? That this seed will produce a crop that is a hundred times greater than what you've received. That's power. That's greatness. That's what I'm living for. That
be a lot of discipleship. And let's communicate with each other. And let's be faithful and communicate. Watch over it because there's going to be things that would attack the seed. The seed was going to be attacked. He knew life. He knew that there he was performing these great miracles. And now the crowds would be, wow, this is amazing. And they would go home. And the Romans would be there waiting for them for their chance. about what Jesus taught, thinking that they're under bondage. He knew that life would come at them and try to rob the seed. I don't want that. I don't want that for your life. I want you to value the seed. And I want to share this this morning. I'm going to finish this uh, sermon next week. Since I was praying yesterday, I, I wanted to add this part of it. Today we wanted to uh, we wanted to honor some graduates, and I wanted to share with Kelsey and Sue and and Lisa that's here today. This was not easy, and we're going to honor one more graduate next week. And if there's any graduate people in that room, thank you for being here today. But we've been our interns, but I wanted to speak to you know Alyssa and Sue. This what you're receiving in college are going to be seeds. You leaving home, you're going to be getting a lot of seeds. I want you to honor them. I want you to nurture them. I want you to protect them. If there's any regrets I have, well, let me tell you this. And this might sound like a little bit of a patty on the back, but I remember to this day. So I did really good in college. I was able to to be honored with gold cords. And I remember giving them to my mom at my graduation at, at college, and I, I said goodbye to college, and I put them in a bag, and I put them in my car. And she was my motivator to do good in high school. That was a great memory. But you know what? I regret that I, I studied here, but I didn't study here. There's a big difference. I didn't value the seed. I was interested. My focus was the apple. It wasn't the seed. It wasn't the little things in life. It wasn't those things that were insignificant because I saw those as insignificant. I remember this is before this is before college, so you know in school you had to read the you had to read books, right? And so you had to sign off at our school. You sign off on the class that you read the book. I didn't read the book because I'm not that much of a reader. I don't like reading, so I would take my finger. Don't tell anybody this. Stop being crazy. I used to take my finger and just go like this. Fingers on the class. I didn't read the words, but I read what I read because I didn't value the seed. I was studying here, but I wasn't studying here. And I want you to put your heart into it. And Jesus knew, and I and I can tell you this: I went to a Bible school, so that was pretty easy to stay focused. But I know universities. This parable is confusing because people are going to try to take that away from you. They're going to try to take your church. They're going to try to take your values. They're going to try to rob you of it. And if you don't have those roots, guess what happens? Jesus said, the next thing you know, you're going to be graduating. And maybe you'll have some accolades to give to your parents. But at the end of the day, you're going to have some regrets. I don't want you to have any regrets. So value the seed. Value every book that you get to read. Value that time. Value every class that you get to take. Value every teacher that you get to listen to teach. 
even those that may not be Christ-centered, you know, you can still learn something and, and just say, God, help me to receive what you want me to receive and what you don't. I just pass on that to you. But it's so important that the Word of God is in our heart. Because what Jesus was teaching them in the sea is the most important thing in life is relationships. And the most important relationship is with our Savior. Jesus died on the cross so that we can have a relationship with him. That's your number one priority. That's, that's what it's all about. And Jesus was teaching them. And so don't ever forget your most important relationship is with the Savior.